Hey, Wiki listeners, it's Rachel. And Victor, did you know I host the fantastic NYC Talent Show every Monday night at the Parkside Lounge in New York City? It's an off-off Broadway showcase where you can see New York's underground performance art up close. We've got weekly special guests like Colin Quinn, Janine Garofalo, Tone Bell, and lots more. Use the code WIKILISTEN for a special discount on tickets when you go to nyctalentshow.com. That's nyctalentshow.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is the Wikipedia page for Imposter Syndrome, part two of two. Welcome to Wikilisten, the podcast where we read Wikipedia pages and provide commentary. I'm Victor Vernado, KSN. And I'm Rachel Teichman, LMSW, reminding you to subscribe. Yes, everybody, it's time to subscribe and get with it for realsies. Yeah, get with it for realsies. Okay, uh, we're back and let's go. Occurrence. It has been estimated that nearly 70% of people will experience signs and symptoms of imposter phenomenon at least once in their life. Research shows that imposter phenomenon is not uncommon for students who enter a new academic environment. Feelings of insecurity can come as a result of an unknown new environment. This can lead to lower self-confidence and belief in their own abilities. That's so true. When I started at NYU for grad school, and I was among my peers for the first time, I was uh, it was major imposter syndrome because I was not a well-graded student growing up, and then all of a sudden I was among, like, some of the top of the top. Yes. So, I mean, I, I totally understand that. I obviously am experiencing the same thing, and so have so many other people, I guess. At least 70% yeah. of people within True. their lifetime. Gender differences. Clance and Imes stated in their 1978 article that, based on their clinical experience, imposter phenomenon was less prevalent in men. However, more recent research has mostly found that imposter phenomenon is spread equally among men and women. Research has shown that women commonly face imposter phenomenon in regard to performance. The perception of ability and power is evidenced in outperforming others. For men, imposter phenomenon is often driven by the fear of being unsuccessful or not good enough 
See, like, all of this is talking about the gender binary, and, like, I don't fit the binary, and so I want more data on people who are genderqueer like me and how they experience imposter syndrome. Well, I don't know. I mean, if you want to extrapolate from what they just said, it's basically the same in everybody. So... I think that what they're... I mean, at least what this is, is saying is it doesn't matter what gender you are. Everybody experiences it. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody experiences, but I want to know more of, like, a breakdown of who, like, who is experiencing what and how much. Because, like, something that's really common in people who are trans and non-binary is when they, quote-unquote, pass as what they would like to be passing as. Sometimes It's common to feel imposter syndrome about that, even. I don't obviously completely fathom the life of a gender non-binary person, but I do understand that, like, I feel like as human beings, as just entities, that I feel like that unless people are just stupid, everybody doubts themselves. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think, feel like yeah, it's out there. No, every definitely everybody experiences it. But what I'm saying is, I think. I want to see more data on how different demographics experience different elements and frequency of imposter syndrome. Ah, well, good luck finding it. Thank you. Settings. Imposter phenomenon can occur in other various settings. Some examples include a new environment, academic settings, in the workplace, social interactions, and relationships, platonic or romantic. In relationships, people with imposterism often feel they do not live up to the expectations of their friends or loved ones. It is common for the person with imposterism to think that they must have somehow tricked others into liking them and wanting to spend time with them. They experience feelings of being unworthy or of not deserving the beneficial relationships they possess. <laughs> it's, like the, it's like most of this is plucked right out of my brain. Oh yeah, same. There is empirical evidence that demonstrates the harmful effects of imposter phenomenon in students. Studies have shown that when a student's academic self-concept increases, the symptoms of imposter phenomenon decrease and vice versa. The worry and emotions the students held had a direct impact of their performance in the program. Common facets of imposter phenomenon experienced by students include not feeling prepared academically, especially when comparing themselves to classmates, questioning the grounds on which they were accepted into the program, and perceiving that positive recognition, awards, and good grades stemmed from external factors rather than personal ability or intelligence. What's interesting is when I was in grad school learning to become a therapist, we actually had more than one lesson on how to deal with having imposter syndrome as a social worker. I feel like a lot of educational programs don't really talk about that or cover it. I don't have context to to understand what you're saying exactly. I mean, I understand what you're saying, but I don't know what other programs are like. So I don't know. You know, I can't even... Coakley et al. investigated the impact imposter phenomenon has on students, specifically ethnic minority students. They found that the feelings the students had of being fraudulent resulted in psychological distress. Ethnic minority students often questioned the grounds on which they were accepted into the program. They held the false assumption that they only received their acceptance due to affirmative action, rather than an extraordinary application and qualities they had to offer. Tigranian et al. 2021 examined the way imposter phenomenon relates to psychology doctoral students. The purpose of the study was to investigate the IP's relationship to perfectionist 
cognitions, depression, anxiety, achievement motives, self-efficacy, self-compassion, and self-esteem in clinical and counseling psychology doctoral students. Furthermore, this study sought to investigate how IP interferes with academic practicum and internship performance of these students and how IP manifests throughout a psychology doctoral program. Included were 84 clinical and counseling psychology doctoral students, and they were instructed to respond to an online survey. The data was analyzed using a Pearson product moment correlation and a multiple linear regression. 88% of the students in the study reported at least moderate feelings of IP characteristics. This study also found significant positive correlations between the IP and perfectionistic cognitions, depression, anxiety, and self-compassion. This study indicates that clinical faculty and supervisors should take a supportive approach to assist students to help decrease feelings of IP in hopes of increasing feelings of competence and confidence. Connections. Research has shown that there is a relationship between imposter phenomenon and the following factors. Family expectations. Overprotective parents or legal guardians. Graduate level coursework. Racial identities. Attribution style. Anxiety. Depression. Low trait self-esteem. Perfectionism. Excessive self-monitoring with an emphasis on self-worth. The aspects listed are not mutually exclusive. These components are often found to correlate among people with imposter phenomenon. It is incorrect to infer that the correlational relationship between these aspects cause the imposter experience. In people with imposter phenomenon, feelings of guilt often result in a fear of success. The following are examples of common notions that lead to feelings of guilt and reinforce the phenomenon. The good education they were able to receive. Being acknowledged by others for success. Belief that is not right or fair to be in a better situation than a friend or loved one. Being referred to as the smart one. The talented one. The responsible one. The sensitive one. The good one. Our favorite. Oh my god. <laughs> Wiki listeners, you can support us by listening to this message. While you try to figure out if they're talking about a positive correlation or a negative correlation. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Thank you for listening to that message, everybody. Now let's get down with some management town. In their 1978 paper, Clance and Imes proposed a therapeutic approach they used for their participants or clients with imposter phenomenon. 
This technique includes a group setting where people meet others who are also living with this experience. The researchers explained that group meetings made a significant impact on their participants. They proposed that this impact was a result of the realization that they were not the only ones who experienced these feelings. The participants were required to complete various homework assignments as well. In one assignment, participants recalled all of the people they believed they had fooled or tricked in the past. In another take-home task, people wrote down the positive feedback they received. Later, they would have to recall why they received this feedback and what about it made them perceive it in a negative light. In the group sessions, the researchers also had the participants reframe common thoughts and ideas about performance. An example would be to change, I might fail this exam, to, I will do well on this exam. I like to do, this is very CBT-ish, I like to do what's called bridge statements. So going from, I might fail this exam, to, I might pass this exam, and I might even do well. I don't know, but maybe. Instead of a definite, I will do well on this exam. Okay. I don't understand that completely. Well, because sometimes people really struggle with going from the negative to the positive that comes with the absolute opposite of what they were thinking and believing. But it can be easier to say something kind of in the middle. Instead of, I will definitely do well, it can be easier to believe, I might do well. What works for me, because I'm always thinking like I might fail, but the thing is, I know that I can do little things. Like, it's hard for me to say I can make a heartbreaking, staggering work of essays that delve into, you know, the like what it means to be human. But it is easy for me to say I can write an idea for one essay. Yeah, that's starting small, and that's almost like a bridge statement, like I was talking about. I would not correlate those two necessarily. Actually, there was actually a... You know what? I What I learned... I learned that from a TED Talk about, like, breaking things down into little tiny chunks. <laughs> yeah, that's very ADHD-friendly, too. Super. There's actually something that I saw about ADHD recently that I... Something... The positives... It's like some... There's a foundation... Mm-hmm. An ADHD foundation, which is talking about the positives of ADHD. Yeah, absolutely. Which is not what this episode's about. But hyper-focus, apparently, is one of the positives. Oh, definitely. If you can, if you have ADHD and you can manage to have executive functioning and hyper-focus on what you want to hyper-focus on, it's a superpower. That's why you see yeah, a lot that's of... That's what I do all the time for yeah, work here. A lot of people who work in, like, EMS and, like, emergency medical type things frequently those people have ADHD because they're able to hyper-focus in a high-pressure situation and stay calm. The researchers concluded that simply extracting the self-doubt before an event occurs helps eliminate feelings of imposterism. It was recommended that people struggling with this experience seek support from friends and family. Although imposter phenomenon is not a pathological condition, it is a distorted system of belief about oneself that can have a powerful negative impact on a person's valuation of their own worth. Imposter syndrome is not a recognized psychiatric disorder. 
It is not featured in the American Psychiatric Association's Diagnostics and Statistics Manual, nor is it listed as a diagnosis in the International Classification of Diseases, 10th Revision, ICD-10. Outside the academic literature, imposter syndrome has become widely discussed, especially in the context of achievement in the workplace. Perhaps because it is not an officially recognized clinical diagnosis, despite the large peer review and lay literature, although there has been a qualitative review, there has never been a published systematic review of the literature on imposter syndrome. Thus, clinicians lack evidence on the prevalence, comorbidities, and best practices for diagnosing and treating imposter syndrome. You did it. I did it. I'm sure this will be edited but he, he had to work through that paragraph, that sentence. Other research on therapeutic approaches for imposterism emphasizes the importance of self-worth. People who live with imposter phenomenon commonly relate self-esteem and self-worth to others. A major aspect of other therapeutic approaches for imposter phenomenon focus on separating the two into completely separate entities. I'm surprised to hear that there's never been a published systematic review of the literature. In a study in 2013, researcher Quina Huang proposed that intrinsic motivation can decrease the feelings of being a fraud that are common in imposter phenomenon. Huang also suggested that implementing a mentor program for new or entering students will minimize students' feelings of self-doubt. Having a mentor who has been in the program will help the new students feel supported. This allows for a much smoother and less overwhelming transition. Imposter experience can be addressed with many kinds of psychotherapy. Group psychotherapy is an especially common and effective way of alleviating the imposter experience. Individuals. Below is a small selection of notable people who have reportedly experienced this phenomenon. Riz Ahmed. Maya Angelou. Jacinda Arden. Mike Cannon Brooks. Tommy Cooper. Paige Needed. Barbara Corcoran. Neil Gaiman. Tom Hanks. Maddie Healy. E.L. James. Kim Kardashian. Daniel Kwan. Chuck Lore. Lando Norris. Ronnie O'Sullivan. Michelle Obama. Michelle Pfeiffer. Sonia Sotomayor. Nicola Sturgeon. David Tennant. Emma Watson. Tom York. Andre 3000. <laughs> I know who several of these people are. Well, that is interesting. I'm so glad we read this page. I don't know why I never read this page previously. I mean, I've definitely had imposter syndrome for so long. I definitely read the Dunning-Kruger effect way before I read this page. But I love how on the nose it is of so many of the thoughts that are in my head. Oh, absolutely. And in the C also, which we're definitely going to read, is Cotard's syndrome, which is a rare psychological disorder in which the sufferer believes themselves to be dead. Weird. It's interesting. I th I've heard of it. I want to read about it. This has been the Wikipedia page for Imposter Syndrome Part 2 of 2. Thanks for listening to Wikilisten. You can find us at wikilisten.com and on all social media and on TikTok at Wikilisten. Except for X, which is at wiki underscore listen. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts because it really helps us out. Check us out on YouTube for more content. And don't forget to smash that subscribe button with your newly found sense of self-esteem. 
If there's a particular page you'd like us to read, let us know. We will read it.